3FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. It's an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous Friday afternoon. Welcome to the Sports Hangover. Gus Kattengill with you. Jordan Kleber will join us shortly. Feeling better. And it is Super Bowl weekend, so we'll... Uh, address that here as well after we welcome you officially to the weekend. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Party and party and party and party and fun, 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 fun. Looking forward to the weekend. Indeed, looking forward to the weekend. Super Bowl weekend. Weather should be nice. A little cold front on Sunday. Tomorrow, gorgeous. A little rain, maybe. But today, get out there. I'm not suggesting that you <clears throat> have a doctor's appointment later this afternoon or a business meeting that you don't come back to, but it is absolutely beautiful. Lower them windows. Open that sunroof. Got the window open in the Metairie Studios here. 800 998 one double zero three is the way to chime into the conversation. A couple of guests, not many. Want to get your take here as well as the Pelicans took on the Miami Heat yesterday, one twelve to ninety seven. Miami with the win. It was CJ McCollum's debut. We'll get into that. Your thoughts. Also, as we mentioned, it is the Super Bowl. So I got two questions of the day that Jordan will post up there for you over at ESPN Radio. Nola, who you got? Who you got? Is it the Bengals? Is it the dreaded Rams? Can you actually root for the Rams? I'm being honest. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, you're using the DraftKings Sportsbook app, which you should be doing already and downloading using the code LaRose. That's not what I'm saying. Because obviously, you know, you you want your money. But I'm legitimately asking, like, can you root? For them. By the way, it's gone from three and a half to four. A little more money coming in to the Rams. So the Rams now a four point favorite. I think it started three and a half. This latest yesterday was three and a half. So it's gone up to four. Rafael Esparza will join us at 115. Ross Jackson, locked on Saints, has been at Radio Row all week. If you've been checking him out uh, over on Twitter and those podcasts, he's had all kind of guests, including Ian Book as well, who Says he's very confident that he's going to be competing for a quarterback spot or maybe even the starter this year. We'll we'll talk about that. There's some news on the news front in terms of who could possibly be the offensive coordinator for your New Orleans Saints and different hires and stuff. So we'll definitely, we'll touch on that as well. So at ESPN Radio, Nola, it's up there. You got, you know, I'm going Cincinnati. Again, it's uh for a couple of reasons. I can give you a couple of reasons other than basically what I've been saying throughout the postseason, which is why not? I've just been saying why not, right? Uh I guess if I need to give you like legit reasons, they do run the football. 
the 49ers that have been the Rams sort of kryptonite, that's what they did. They ran against the 49ers. Gus, different offensive line. Bengals offensive line. I hear you. I'm going to get to that in a sec. But what I'm saying is that, that that's who they are. Their, their, their team is a run-pass-oriented offense. They do run the football. They have a pretty good back. So if they can establish the run or continue and stay with it, they, they can score from it. Their back's capable of scoring a touchdown. They can do that. So that's reason one. They, they, they do have in their DNA as an offense a team that likes to run the football. Two, you, you heard me mention, and it's been the storyline for two weeks, the offensive line. How are they going to block Aaron Donald? It's going to be a massacre. Can it get worse than being sacked nine times? Can it be worse than being sacked nine times? I mean, will he get sacked 15 times? I just, I, I'm, I'm being honest, I'm asking you. Can it be worse than being sacked nine times against Tennessee? Now, I don't know if Tennessee is the, you know, defensive line that's better or not. I don't know. You would think that probably you would say the Rams, but they sacked Joe Burrow nine times. And they still found their way to win. So my three reasons, point one, I, I they're a team that likes to run the football. If you want to beat the Rams like the 49ers have done, they run the football. So when you also look at the fact that their offensive line has gone through a game that gave up nine sacks the following week that didn't happen against Kansas City. Different defensive lines. I, I hear you. What I'm saying, though, is they just went through what I can't imagine one of the worst offensive line performances in postseason history. And they, and they either fixed it or alleviated it enough, and, and they kind of figured out, okay, maybe this is how they will get attacked or whatever. My point is, when you go through a game like that, can it poss- can you can you possibly have that again? And again, they still found a way to win. So that's point two. Point three is Joe Burrow. It is. Now, not for probably the reason you think. Joey cool, Joey big game situation. Yeah, those are all valid. And as I said, that's why I laughed last week and I told Raphael I thought seven points was way too high, even though the first half went the way that, you know, Vegas and a lot of people thought. But it wasn't because of the atmosphere. The defense didn't stop anybody. They made adjustments and kept Mahomes again, like they did in the first game, limited in that, you know, second half. But the point that I was making was the environment, the noise, that's not getting to number nine. It's not. If it hasn't by now, I have a hard time buying all of a sudden this guy is not going to be able to read defenses. Get so nervous, he's going to, you know, not know the snap count. Just, you know, whatever. Is he going to have nerves? Yeah, Stafford's going to have nerves, I promise you. Because that's, that's another angle that I look at in this game. Who has the most weighing on him? It's Matthew Stafford. There's no doubt. But anyway, back to Burrow as a, a point, point three. Why I say he's a point three, or, or he's my third point, is because did you watch that Kansas City game? KC knew Jamar Chase, right? In the postseason so far, Jamar Chase, in games one especially, in game two, key touchdowns, key grab right there for the game-winning field goal at Tennessee. 
they're going to focus on, well, you know, the, the Rams have Jalen Ramsey. I, I got you. Great. Fantastic. It'll be fun to see that one-on-one matchup. He'll go to him, see who wins, who loses. Here's why I'm saying Joe Burrow could be a difference in this. Because Joe's done something this postseason and this year that many veteran quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks of many, many more games than him, don't do. Take what the defense gives him. Did you watch that KC game? He's throwing the dudes that I don't know. You don't know. I mean, we're not Bengals fans, right? So, I mean, you're, but he throws to everybody. One of his strengths and why they are where they are is he can read defenses. He knows what's coming. When you hear him explain after the game, and there was a, a video going into the KC game where he sat down with Boomer Esiason. I don't know if you guys saw that on CBS. And in the pregame, he sits down with him. They're going over game film. And he just, I mean, he sounds like Breeze. Well, I can see the safety doing this. I, once I know this, the linebacker's one-on-one. This is where I'm going. So once you breathe, once the game is going, I, I get who the names on the back of the jerseys are, but it's the NFL. There's a lot of good names on the back of those jerseys. If you have a quarterback that, for the most part, can see the field already at, at at that point in his career. But, but if you have a quarterback in general that can see the field, you got a shot. You got a shot. For 15 years, we saw here in New Orleans, the Saints go up against some good defenses, good defenses align and things of that nature. Even in that year that the Saints and Rams eventually met in the NFC championship game, that game in the Dome, during the regular season, they didn't get to breeze once. When you have a quarterback that knows what he's seeing, get rid of the ball quicker. When you have a quarterback that knows what the defense is sort of doing, he can find the matchups. When you looked at that game against Kansas City, Joe Burrow delivered the ball everywhere. And he took what they gave you, whether it was a dump to the receiver, short, the running back in the flat, crossing route, the tight end, some do you don't know. He didn't force throws to Jamar Chase. He didn't force throws down the field. That helps. That helps. Again, I Jimmy G in the 49ers offense. Is it better than the Bengals? It's at least as good you would think, right? I would think they may have some more weapons and a better quarterback. And they were the Rams kryptonite on that defense. Just like the Rams have had two weeks to look at the Bengals and how to attack that offensive line, the Bengals have had two weeks to look at a defense that's been inconsistent. They haven't been the 85 Bears all year. By the way, that game, the Saints needed the Rams to actually play well. Aaron Donald had zero sacks in that game against the 49ers. Goes back to maybe another point that I'll throw in the 49ers. One thing that they did well every time they faced the Rams, Kyle Shanahan doesn't want the ball in Jimmy G's hands that long. A, I don't know if you trust him, which is why they're moving on, but B, they do a lot of different things in the backfield. Debo Samuel coming out the backfield, end the rounds, giving them the football, quick tosses. Just the ball is out of their hands quick. Can the Bengals not do that? I'll take Mixon and all the other receivers. I, I I think they got a shot. I just honestly do. I know they got the names, the Rams. I know they McVay. I, I hear you. They're gonna torch Eli. I get it. And he's probably gonna get up some plays. 
That play before halftime, though, to Tyreek Hill, that was Eli Apple that made the play that probably saved the game. So each team's going to have their plays. And I guess the way I'm looking at this game is the fourth quarter. What happens in that fourth quarter? Can the Bengals get to the fourth quarter and be within earshot? Whether it's a field goal, six points, seven points, ten points. Because what I've seen, again, I'm just going by what I've seen this year. This Bengals defense, almost like the Saints defense at times, figures it out at halftime. They have kept some pretty good offenses, some pretty good quarterbacks in check in the second half. If they can get to the second half, I just, I again, I'm going with my gut. Who gets tighter in that fourth quarter? Is it Stafford, legacy on the line, proving that he's supposed to be there and all that? Or a guy that literally, I think, enjoys pressure. That team plays loose. The thing I've said all week that's been remarkable for me to watch, and it reminds me of the 06 Saints and really in 09, you go back and you look at the videos that the team posts, you know, their social media team of the players getting ready to take on the Titans and stuff. And, I mean, whether it's their tight end or receivers or DBs, I mean, they are dog cursing. They are mother this and that. Like, I'm tired. Of, we're not underdogs. We're out here to prove it. We belong. They're, they play ticked off. They, they are absolutely not a team that is happy to be there. This is incredible. Take pictures. Hey, look at where. How did we get this far? That's not the Bengals. Cincinnati's played all three preseason games, absolutely believing they can walk in and win. The Rams are out there to prove that they are the team. And I'm not saying that they don't feel that way as well, but I don't know. I, I, why not? I, I've said it. I've said it for weeks when it comes to Cincinnati. Why not? It'll be interesting. So I'm going team Bengals for some of those reasons that I gave you. I'd love to get your opinion on it. Tell me why. Pick a team and tell me why you're for them. Uh, 800-998-1003 at ESPN Radio NOLA as well. So go ahead and do that. And don't forget when you do... Enjoy the game this Sunday. Hopefully, you've gone over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you've done that, then you should know by now you can make a little extra change, right? Go download it. Use the code LaRose. By doing that first and foremost, you're going to get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 or more and win 280 in free bets when your team wins, if your team wins, right? So whatever team you pick, if they win, that's what you're going to get. Don't forget... The DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. So go ahead and do that. Also, try out the same game parlays. I know a lot of my buddies that are doing this enjoy it. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code LaRose. When we come back, we'll talk Pelicans. We finally got to see C.J. McCollum yesterday. It wasn't a win, but was it? We'll talk about that next on ESPN New Orleans. Hey, hey, my friends. It's Dana DeFran Frilo here. Just wanted to reach out to you that I and Golden Motors are here and ready to help you take care of you and your family's vehicle needs. We have new inventory arriving daily. 
Check us out 24-7 at goldenmotors.com. Give us a call at 985-325-1000 or stop by and let myself or one of our awesome team members take care of you and get one less worry off your shoulders. Always remember, price is priority. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING. The cleanup continues from the recent storms, and we want you to know that nobody can get a metal roof or metal building to you faster than Reed's Metals in Brookhaven. For all your metal building components, Reed's Metals has it all in stock. Roll-up doors, insulation, skylights, purlins, and more. Our metal building frames are American-made steel, all put together by certified welders. Metal buildings and everything you need with quick delivery, too. When you call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, 601-823-6516 or online at reedsmetals.com. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Inbound to McCollum, baseline jumper. Right side, 15 feet, nothing but net. Welcome to New Orleans. Christian James McCollum with the catch and shoot. There you go. Now you know what the CJ stands for. And again, one of the reasons you wanted to bring him into town was the three-point shooting. Graham, double team, up top Temple. Extra pass CJ, left wing three. Three Three-point shot at the buzzer. Those are the things that he can do for your team. It ain't necessarily a bailout shot when C.J. McCollum's taking it. His first made three in a Pels uniform. He's at 38% this year. Ty Graffinini, John DeShazer on the call right here on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. So there weren't as many as you would have liked or will see. And that's kind of the point I want to get into. 112-97 is the final. Of course, you wanted a victory. First off... I'm just watching the game, and I'm sitting here, first quarter, 27-24, they win the first frame. The Pels win the second quarter, 31-29. You're at halftime, and you're sitting here going, "You're it's a one-point game. What was it 55-54 or something like that? I'm like, you're, you're in it with the number one team in the Eastern Conference. A 35-win team that has some some pretty good players. I know Tyler Hero didn't play. I, I I understand that. They got a really good coach. The really good team who's on top of the Eastern Conference and you're playing with them. You still don't have he who won't be mentioned, which I'll get to in a second. CJ McCollum showed up at 1230 in the morning. Literally during shoot around, as the graph said yesterday when he joined us, they were teaching him the plays and such, right? And you saw yesterday that... For the most part, Brandon Ingram, Devontae Graham, Jose Alvarado, they were primarily the guys that brought up the ball. 
he's, he's got to get used to it. And you knew it was going to take some time. Still, I'm not upset watching that game. Third quarter, it came out at a halftime, and the Heat said, hold up, let me show you why we're number one in the East. And they and they won the quarter 27-18. In the fourth, 29-24. That, that's there. Again, you're playing with that team. And we've talked about this for the last seven weeks. All you can expect until, you know, what happens. And they get better players and shooting to compete against teams that can knock down three. And you saw the Heat be able to do that, 10-32. You you just, can you be in games? Can you get to the fourth quarter with a shot to sort of steal it with defense, a key shot or two, what have you? Pels were 11 of 41. C.J. McCollum was 2 of 10 from distance. He still had 15 points. Still had 7 rebounds. He had 5 assists and a steal. He's going to shoot better. Like, Here's my prediction already that really isn't that much of a prediction. The next Pelicans game, he's going to make more than two threes. It's just going to happen. Okay? Tomorrow, they take on the Spurs. He's going to play better. He's going to have some legs under him. He's going to have an idea what we're doing. I'm not worried about that game at all. You saw some of the things he can do, though. The other thing that you did see in that game that, again, just makes you you grin and smile is two players continuing to do what they've been doing, man. And it's a reason why, despite what I'm going to get into here before the end of the segment, I'm showing up and I'm watching because of these guys, which is remarkable. And it's 45-44 to Orleans. Adebayo is going to bring the ball into the front court himself. Yeah, he can do that. Now, Jonas needs to stay off of him because he's got that versatility. Right. And two fouls as well. Adebayo to Robinson. Steal Herb. Can he get it? Yes, he can. He is going to go all the way. He is going to flush it in with two hands. Give him that work, Herb. Give him that work. I love Herb Jones. I mean, he really is, right? 29 minutes. He got seven points. Three rebounds, uh, two assists and steal, three blocks. He just, he's fun to watch. He was 0 for 2 from 3, but again, that's what he does. And, and if you got a player like that, when you add some three point shooting, you add some other elements to it, guys, I, I'm just, again, maybe it's just me looking into things and wishing things, but eventually this lineup's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, from that aspect of it. You know what your leading score was last night, by the way? The starting unit, BI 15 points. We can get into that game a bit. Um, it, it, it almost felt like he was sort of getting that feel out process there as well. Uh, only took 12 shots in the entire game, but he had 15 points. Jones seven, Valanchuna 16, Graham 16, McCollum 15. That was your starting unit. Your leading scorer was the guy that again, Herb Jones, had a stretch where Pels fans were tweeting at the Pelicans, were begging the Pelicans, we need shirts, we need jerseys. Um, Pelicans fans are now demanding. They want photos. Jose Alvarado getting a real contract. Alvarado, left wing three. He can shoot! Outstanding pass from McCollum, give him the dime. And Alvarado now with 14 points. 92-84, Pels are hanging in there. Yeah. All right, and then a little bit later. Now Alvarado got in deep, got it back oh, to Jonas well, up well, top. He's got the mismatch. Jose, he'll take the three straight away and hit the three. He can shoot. Alvarado now with a 
team high 17. You hear the crowd, too, behind him, don't you? Like, fans enjoy watching this kid play. Fans love watching Herb Jones play. I I love it. I absolutely love it. So, I'm watching that game yesterday. I know C.J. McCollum's going to be better. He's going to play better. The offense with B.I. is going to look better once they get on the court. That's the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I, again, I, I'm not, I'm not upset at all watching that game. If anything, it makes me feel even more hopeful and seeing what eventually can come of this game. Here's head coach Willie Green afterwards on his thoughts on CJ's first performance with him. He, CJ's, he's, he's good. Um, his ability to be able to get his own shot, create for his teammates. Um, like you said, it was, it was a long, uh, Long night for him last night, and then early morning getting in, shoot around earlier game. Um, just in general, our team was a little out of out of rhythm, out of our normal rhythm, and rightfully so. Now, trying to get him involved in the game again. This is going to be a continuation. It's going to be a process here over the next couple of days and weeks, really, to try to implement CJ, get him up to speed and such. Well, number one, we we didn't shoot the ball great, so. You know, the shots that we had, we would have more assists. Um, but it, it just boils down to our guys getting accustomed to playing with each other, some different rotations, some different lineups. Um, I said it earlier, but it, it does take some time. And um, but like I said, for three and a half quarters, we like what we saw, but there's some things we got to work on. And again, it, it's sort of how I feel when you watch that. Yeah, I mean, things you can work on, things that I, I now trust that this team's going to improve on. And I, again, I, I'm not saying moral victories are victories, but sometimes when, when you're trying to get there, it is. And again, that's the team right now with the top spot in the East. And, and they were in the game. Brandon Ingram on that very notion that they were in the game into the final end. Well, I'm not sure what the score was uh, at the end of the game, but I know I had uh, <clears throat> three key turnovers in at the end of the game where um, we could have had some better execution. I could have made some better passes. Um, I had an offensive foul at the end of that fourth quarter where I could have made some better decisions. So um, that's that's kind of where I look look at. Um, I can go back and look at some of the film and some of the execution we could have done better. But um, I look back at the stat sheet and I didn't have many rebounds at all. Um, my assist was, was very low, so I didn't get – um, anybody involved into the basketball game and um, those turnovers hurt us a lot. So um, I can start with me. Uh, I, I, I got to do better in that fourth quarter. What about, though, having not only him there, but really the way the team played tonight? I see where the attention goes uh, when either of us have the basketball, um, how we can play off each other, how we can uh, make our teammates better. Um, it, was, it was a good showing for both of us. Um, to be out there and kind of get the feel of um, how defenses are going to guard us in the next next game. As for that, here CJ McCollum after the game auto was like the last 24 hours, the trade, getting there, getting in late, and then also having to play a game. It's been fun, man. It's been a fun ride. Um, thankful to be here. Happy to be able to play. And a little tired, but I'm going to get a good night's sleep tonight. It's a little flat, but I, I like the energy that we played with. I thought we competed and. Uh, I shoot the ball a little bit better. It's a, it's a more competitive game down the stretch. Yeah, you like found a place yet? 
How are the logistics going? No, nah, I unpacked a little bit, you know, with where I'm staying at now. And I think I got in bed at 2.30 and then got up for shoot around and just laid. I was like, I'm going to sleep good tonight. I'm just going to lay here. And then uh, went to the arena. But um, I'll look for a place uh, post-All-Star break. Um, not enough time right now. We're playing games. I got big media. Get more acclimated with the team. Go over some plays. Have a practice. Uh, do some of those things. And then uh, in March... I'll find a place and bring my wife out, bring my son out, my dog. and We'll do all of that stuff in, in March, most likely. So that gives you an idea of his thoughts there as well. But again, Alvarado just continuing to play well. Willie Green on, <laughs> I guess at this point, we shouldn't be surprised. It's just, just who this player is, and he's becoming important to this team. Jose was awesome. He comes in um, no matter how many minutes he plays he just seems to impact the game with this energy, with this effort. Uh, tonight, he got in the lane, got easy baskets, and uh, just played an overall um, sound game for us. Here's Jose after the game as to what CJ brings. Oh man, we're gonna be really good. You know, he's on. He 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 brings another another big time player, obviously, to our team. Um, him and Brandon is gonna be uh really, really, really good. Uh, I feel like you know today we're just getting a little rhythm of it. And, man, you got to give him a little break. It took a long flight yesterday. You know, his legs probably was, um, wasn't in it. But um, I, I'm really, I believe really, really highly of this scene, and we, we, we should be making that play over. There he is. Jose Alvarado will have more on this and what David Griffin had to say. He did give us, I guess, an update on Zion. I'll give you my take. But up next, Mr. Ross Jackson from L.A., Site of Super Bowl 56 on your home for Pelicans basketball ESPN New Orleans. I wasn't there, I wasn't next, but now I've got myself together. When I promise to be better, you say, I believe you will. Thibodeau Regional Health System was recently named one of the nation's 50 top cardiovascular hospitals by IBM Watson Health. This award for delivering the best quality and most cost-effective heart and vascular care is important. Why? Because high-quality heart care close to home is not only convenient, it's life-saving. When it comes to matters of the heart, choose the experts at Thibodeau Regional. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, we could try to fill the remaining time with awkward pauses. It's often done for comedic effect. Is it working? I can't tell if this is funny. Maybe this is so bad it's funny. Wow, we really peaked at the save big when you switched to Progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. With Early Paycheck, you can get your direct deposit up to two days earlier. That's another reason banking with Capital One is the easiest decision ever. Even easier than deciding to open the biggest birthday gift first. Happy birthday to you. Which one are you going to open first? The pony. Yep, even easier than that. Plus, with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is banking with Capital One even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. No fees or minimums on new consumer accounts. Capital One and AIM member FDIC. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education 
got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Come on, citizens! What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone. We want you to be on the show. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. Absolutely killing it. And having some extreme close-ups on his face, Mr. Ross Jackson locked on Saints <laughs> at Ross Jackson. Nola, you do know that that is always going to be there now forever and ever and ever. How are you this afternoon? I'm perfectly fine with the extreme close-up being there forever because it is it is truly an expression of what I feel like throughout this week. It's been absolutely incredible. Glad to be here with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Buddy. For sure, man. I appreciate the time. Um, when you look at this week alone, I'm going to get your takes on the game, but obviously Dennis Allen officially hired. And on Wednesday, some moves that maybe raised some eyebrows. How surprised were you at some of the reported moves and changes of position coaches on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I, look, I was pretty surprised, particularly about the uh, Curtis Johnson situation and everything. Uh, you know, he's somebody that has been a mainstay for the New Orleans Saints at that wide receiver coach spot. And all, and you know, he has been somebody that has uh, developed really phenomenal wide receivers that we've seen in New Orleans, and has helped to develop some of the guys that we see, you know, undrafted that end up becoming starters, that end up becoming, you know, franchise leaders, and, and all these other, you know, pieces. And so I was a little bit surprised by that one, but I understand, right? This is this is what happens when you go through the coaching change. We knew that there were going to be ripple effects. Him, uh, Dalrymple, the, the the strength and conditioning coach, has been there since 2006, uh, 2006 along with Sean Payton. Uh, those guys were obviously pivotal to that time, but they might not be, you know, seen as just a part of the picture uh, rolling into the future. So it'd be very interesting to see what that next step is for New Orleans. So when you take a look at obviously the reports of some of the names of some of the people they've looked at, they've got some pretty interesting ones. Anybody that kind of stands out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that you know, particularly over on the uh, on the coordinator side, those are the ones that are, are, I'm really looking at. I mean, Aubrey Pleasant was somebody whose name popped up uh, as yeah. as being interviewed. He's a former player. He's a really intense uh, coach. He, he packs an in intensity with that playing experience. That's something that every New Orleans Saints corner and secondary player complimented about uh, Aaron Glenn. They complimented that about Chris Richard as well. And so he fits right into to that mold. And I think with Dennis Allen wanting to call plays over on the defensive side, it, it kind of lightens the load in terms of what is needed from a defensive coordinator. At this point, you're looking for a developer. You're looking for somebody that can install, teach, and evolve based upon what direction Dennis Allen wants to go and providing a clear vision and impact based on that vision. And I think that somebody like Aubrey Pleasant could absolutely do that. But you have fantastic options interior, you know, inside the organization as well defensive line coach as well as assistant head coach Ryan Nielsen, uh, the, another guy that we actually just mentioned, and Chris mm -hmm. Richard, secondary cornerbacks coach. I, I just think that he is, or defensive backs coach, I think that both of those guys are the, the rising stars within the organization, just like Ronald Curry is over on the offensive side, the uh, quarterbacks coach for the New Orleans Saints, which is a pretty natural trajectory to get the offensive coordinator. He might be a year too early at this point for for OC, but I think that he'll be somebody to watch within the organization as well as all of the several you know options right. and pieces that will be seen outside. Nick Underhill, New Orleans. Football late last night said that Colts running backs coach Scotty Montgomery 
interviewed for the OC position and he's known for RPOs and stuff. Should I take that as, uh oh, Taysom Hill's your starter or should I take that as Dennis Allen looking to see what's out there and what people view their offenses moving forward in the NFL are? Yeah, look, I think it's a smart choice. I really think that it is. Uh, you know, Dennis Allen said one of the things that he wants to do is have a run heavy offense. He wants to have a bruising offense. And if you can install and, and, you know, put RPOs into that package, then all of a sudden you're able to deliver that. And so it's an interesting thing to look at. The Saints may ultimately not go that route, right? Like they might talk to that coach and decide that that's not necessarily the direction that they want to go. It doesn't mean that they're trying to marry themselves to RPOs, but it is an interesting conclusion because not only does that end up impacting what the outlook might look like for Taysom Hill, Mm -hmm. but also you have some players that are very experienced in RPOs that are going to either be hitting free agency, that could be hitting the trade market, and of course, are coming out of the draft. Guys like Malik Willis, guys like Sam Howell. There's a lot, Matt Corral, who's one of the top quarterbacks, who is going to lose a little bit of steam not having the Senior Bowl and you know, and coming off of the injury, all of that, who could be available at 18. So that would be what I would more so be looking towards. Mm-hmm. I think that we saw a lot of Taysom Hill last year, of course, and, and a lot of us mentioned, you know, kind of wondered why aren't we seeing more RPOs. They could go that route, but it also opens them up to new opportunities within the organization as well. One of the things that I was speaking about this week, speak with Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson, no is the way to follow over on Twitter, Locked on Saints. Um, with Doug Marone, it makes so much sense. You, you saw John Stinchcomb immediately sort of say, hey, that, that guy changed the way that offensive line was. We've talked about it in the past, Ross, 2009, the Super Bowl year, that line was insane. And the contracts that eventually some of those guys got spoke volumes of it as well. When I had Larry on yesterday from The Athletic, I, I said, you know, that makes sense because I don't know what kind of change is going to be. He doesn't expect that much change because there's a lot of guys locked in the contracts. And, Ross, you know this. There's a lot of fans that don't care perhaps for the Matador and, you know, Cesar Ruiz. They can't wait to get rid of him. And if you want to do all of that, that's fine. Don't pay Teron Armstead, all this other stuff. But then you got to go replace three or four offensive linemen. So, I mean, what, what realistically do you see the Saints offensive line being? And I think Marone on the O-line is actually a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I think the Doug Marone hire is a really, really smart one. Uh, I tweeted out not too long ago talking about what it is that he brought to New Orleans State back in 2006, and people sort of took that as a me campaigning for him to be offensive coordinator, which isn't necessarily the case. It's just simply that he was there first to see the success of the New Orleans Saints offense at its, at its sort of, uh, at its, at its youngest, right? Mm-hmm. As it was being installed, as it was being created. And I think you want that mind, you want that mindset back. Doesn't necessarily mean an offensive coordinator. And so him coming in at offensive line coach is fantastic because you might be looking to replace some really important pieces. And you're right. You can want to move on from those pieces. You can dislike those pieces all you want, but you still have to fill those holes. You mm-hmm. still have to fill those players. And so whether you're doing that through development, which you can do with Doug Marone, or whether you're doing that by, you know, going out and you know, searching for established free agents, so on and so forth, then all of a sudden you're able to find uh, that, those pieces. And so you have to be able to identify those. The thing that's always been really interesting about the New Orleans offensive line is that they've, they've, inter- they've been able to find the replacements the year that they move on from the original piece. And that's not always the case. Going from Max Unger to Eric McCoy, going from you know, uh, you know, Ben Grubbs and moving forward and then you know, working your way at left guard all the way down to Andrews Pete and then working at right guard all the way over to Cesar Reed. They've done a phenomenal job replacing immediately. That's going to be tougher to do at left tackle. You can't always do that at one of the most, perhaps the second most important position in the NFL, to some people even the most important position in the NFL, because that's the guy that has to protect the quarterback in order for the quarterback to be important. 
So I think that it, it, it is a much harder task to replace that left tackle if you don't already have an insurance plan in place. Mm-hmm. The Saints could have that with Ryan Ramchek if Landon, uh, if they really like what Landon Young can do at right tackle, but they still have to figure that out. Doug Marone would be a huge part of that. That's what I was going to go with next. I was going to say, would you just grab Ryan Ramchek, who had an entire season on the right side without giving up a sack and, and teaching him to go left? I, I say that to people where – Man, if you've never even done an offensive line drill, it's not as easy as to say, go on this side and try to block. I mean, you know, on that. But I guess if you're going to have a coach that knows how to do that and if that guy is capable, so I guess you start there. Could Ryan Ramchek be a left tackle? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the Saints see him that way. They've built in. Now, let me let me be very clear. A lot of folks will say, well, they built in incentives to pay Ryan Ramchek if he plays left tackle. It's a little bit more it's a little bit more detailed than that, right? Okay. He, he has to make an all-pro at left tackle in order to get an extra piece <laughs> to his contract. You know what I mean? But but honestly, either way, he's still being paid enough to move him over to left tackle. And honestly, if, if he says, hey, you're going to move me to left tackle, I want to get paid more, the Saints will figure that out, you know? And so I, I think that that's absolutely a way that they could go. That would probably be the most seamless way to go. And then you address right tackle with guys like James Hurst, with guys like Landon Young, who performed there, played there, trained there and have played those positions in the New Orleans Saints system already. So that could be what this offensive line looks like in 2022. If you don't have Tron Armstead going left to right, you could look at Ryan Ramchek, Andrus Pete, uh, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, and then either James Hurst or Landon Young. James Hurst feeling most likely. You spoke with Ian Book, uh, and, and, and I thought it was interesting, Ross, to, to hear him. Look, I love the confidence and all that, and, and even you said it too, to, to judge that Dallas game, I mean, that, that Dolphins game. Yeah. I, I mean that's rough, but what, what did you get? What did you get the most in your conversation with him? I just it, it is that it, it's the confidence, it's the drive, it's the trust. I mean, one of the things that you and I actually talked about before Ian Book's first start was, yeah. you know, he's going into this game in a really bad situation. He didn't throw a, a ball to a receiver running full speed until pregame warmups, right before that Monday night game. That's and crazy. one of the things you and I, right, one of the things that you and I talked about was uh, the confidence. Is he going to lose confidence in a situation like this? And it's very clear from speaking with him that that's absolutely not the case. He's going into this offseason with the intent to compete for the starting role in New Orleans. Is he going to win it? We'll see. You know what I mean? I think that the Saints are going to have a very extensive coaching search, excuse me, uh, quarterback search, just like they had an extensive coaching search, just like they'll have an extensive coordinator or or pair of uh, extensive coordinator searches at this point, offense and defense. I think that they'll do the same thing over on the quarterback side. So it depends on who they're able to acquire, who they're able to bring in, and under what situation, right? If you pay draft capital to bring in a quarterback, that's your starting quarterback. It doesn't matter anymore. And so, you know, hopefully he gets that opportunity to compete because I know that that's what he's looking forward to. Saw the latest mock draft on one of the CBS Sports writer. Again, Matt Corral to the Saints, whether it's Todd McShay, whether it's Mel Kuyper, that quarterback at 18 going to the Saints will be interesting to see what happens there. The draft free agency coming up, so we'll definitely be touching base with you on that and I don't know if you're um, close to television but so it begins Sean Payton's joining SportsCenter live right now doing his first tidbit and I saw Amy just just tweet he and Cam Jordan uh, together are saying hello and yep. Sean Payton's there interviewing so um, I, I guess yep. if you see him around you, go ahead I will tell you on top of that I was actually there we did a walk and talk with him myself Amy and Fletcher uh, Fletcher Mackle over at WDSU and I want to tell you one of the things that he talked about, because we asked him, uh, Fletcher asked him about whether or not he's tired of hearing about all the questions about, you know, uh, uh, you know are you going to be coaching and all those other things. Peyton did mention that he is here at Super Bowl Radio Row in, you know, meeting and talking about TV jobs, 
while he's here. So, you know, he's hit, he's doing all these hits, and I don't think that that's coincidental. I think maybe some of these networks that he's doing these hits with might be the ones that he's interviewing with. So yeah. certainly uh, look forward to seeing Sean Payton on television uh, next season because it certainly looks like it's trending that way. I was going to say, these are definitely probably tryouts, right? Seeing how he yeah. looks on camera, how comfortable he is, and, and whether or not he, he enjoys that. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so it begins. I took a picture yeah. of it. There it is. Uh, <laughs> at least we got a, a year or two before we, we see with another, you know, um, cap on with a logo i'll say this i know the cowboys are one and i'm gonna get your take on super bowl i just need 10 15 seconds if there's a team that you think would be a nice fit two years from now something like that nature i keep thinking man it's hard to not think chargers him and mcveigh in the same building herbert a young qb man i i just to me that seems like a plug and play drop and fit that's a really simple one that's always my next one is is the uh is the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, you know, it'll take Brandon Staley not being able to keep everything together, but even if a guy like Joe Lombardi hangs on there as offensive coordinator too, somebody that, of course, Sean Payton has a close connection with, that connection in the coaching staff as well as working with a guy like Justin Herbert would probably be, I imagine, a very comfortable situation for Sean Payton. All right. You've been there all week, sir. Your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Oh, simple. 27-23, taking the Bengis. Going with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Louisiana Connection. Got to do it all the way. They just got to keep them clean. But that defense over in Cincinnati should be able to do some nice things. If they don't send pressure, they drop back into a lot of coverage. I'm going for them. I got it. Ross Jackson, 27-23. I picked the Bengals on Twitter just now a little bit ago as well, man. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Thank you for your time. Awesome coverage all week. Go check it out, Ross Jackson. Nolan, of course, Locked On Saints. Appreciate your time, bud. Always, Tommy. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Stay safe. Yep, for sure. There he is, Sean Payton. Sports Hangover continues next on ESPN New Orleans. FanDuel Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, and we can't wait for the Rams to take on the Bengals. To celebrate, new customers can bet $5 to win 280 in cash on either team to win when you use promo code KLRZ when registering. That's right, you get your winnings in cold, hard cash because we know cash is always better than free bets. I'm betting on the Bengals, and I'll tell you why. You can't go against Joe Burrow in a one-game situation. The Bengals are a four-point underdog, but they've won as a dog twice this postseason, so we can't count them out. Don't have a lead on the game? That's okay. Okay. FanDuel has hundreds of props. You could even bet on the color of Gatorade poured on the winning coach. There's no better place to bet Super Bowl 56 than FanDuel Sportsbook. There are promotions for new and existing customers. They've got same game parlays where you can combine small bets for bigger wins, tons of Super Bowl props, and more. Don't miss your chance to turn $5 into 280 in cash. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and use promo code KLRZ to make every moment more this Super Bowl. Again, promo code KLRZ exclusively on FanDuel Sportsbook. Must be 21 and over in President Louisiana. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus $280. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. The new year is here at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade-in. Or check the inventory online, online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. 
Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets king cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! Ah! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams. And Max Kellerman. Dominique Foxworth with us now in studio. What's wrong, man? Neek, you not used to this? No, I'm not. I'm not built like y'all. You guys love it. It's not about the money, Max. You must love this. No, no, no it's about the money. Show me the money! How would you I love it. Oh, yeah, it's about the money. No, yeah, it ain't. The it's money helps. Money. Yeah, I'm sure it helps, but y'all all <laughs> got enough <laughs> to not do this if you don't want to. GJ and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation. Got a couple of questions of the day, and thankfully, surviving the outbreak monkey, which is my son, Jordan Kleber, is well enough to at least join me via Zoom today. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I mean, I, I... I thought I was going to die two nights ago. Um, honestly, yeah. it was worse than, than when I had COVID. Yeah, I'm not uh, laughing I, I, at you, I promise. I feel horrible because my son was up with us here Monday because he had it, so he couldn't go to school. And apparently that's when you got it. So Yeah, apparently I might have touched something that he touched. I don't know when you did, though. My, my wife's like, well, did Jordan like hug him or something? I'm like, no, I, I, he was in the complete mm-hmm. other room. Unless I touched that little thing that he sleeps in when I touched it. His little knapsack. Uh-huh. Either way, it hit us both at the same time. I mean, I, I there's not very many nights that I will say at five fourteen in the morning that you and I will be texting each other back and forth from a <laughs> similar room in each other's house. <laughs> Literally text you. I don't think I'm coming in today, yeah. Gus. I've been uh, yeah in the bathroom. Yeah, the, and, then, the and then you you text me LOL. Yeah, saying. yeah. Guess where I am. <laughs> it was what it was. I'm glad you're feeling better though. Um, Look, man, I touched on it yesterday because it was my first chance to talk about it on Tuesday. We talked so much during that game there watching it and the impressions of what Alvarado's doing, Herbert Jones. And you saw, Jordan, how the crowd reacts to to those two players. And, you know, I'm watching the game yesterday. The Pels led for a bit of that, you know. Mm-hmm. They were down one at halftime and had should have had the lead going into halftime. Honestly, they blew it with some bad possessions and turnovers. And we're in that game. That's the first seeded team in the Eastern Conference. Now, I'm not just saying that because I want to make myself feel better about it. 
you know, or, or the Heat had an off night, or they didn't have a player. Well, you know what? We don't have players. My point is this. Their their effort puts them in games. That that four-game losing streak, Milwaukee, and then the top three-seeded teams of the Jazz, the Suns, and the Warriors when they lost four straight, yet everyone was calling, man, I love what I'm seeing. That's what I'm talking about. If you're playing with the best teams in either conference right now, when you don't have he who who knows why he's doing, that that's his new name. It's, it's not even he who won't she'll be mentioned anymore. He's he who no one knows how he's doing. Um, and actually, let's see what C.J. McCollum and B.I. can sort of do together. Jordan, I I, I looked at last night. Now I, I game ended. I'm like, all right, all right. I can't wait till Saturday. How, how did you view Tuesday and how did you view yesterday? I'm excited. I mean, there was three key factors that you look at. Obviously, you look at Bam Adebayo. You could not stop him for the life of you. Right. And, and that's that's what he's there to do for the Miami. He, he's he's paid the amount of money there for him to do that. So um, I think no matter what team he plays, you're going to get that from Ben Adebayo you know, at any given moment. Yeah. But that was one factor that, you know, the Pelicans couldn't stop. When you shoot 11 for 41 with three point from three point, yeah. you're not going to win a game. And see, I, I, I said this at the beginning 10. of the game. CJ McCollum is going to make more than two three pointers a game. Right. Yeah. And they made 10 for 32. They weren't hot for, from the three point range either. But at the same time, when they go 24 of 28 from the free throw line and you only have 16 attempts at the free throw line, it's a 12 point difference. Can we, can we the stop Pelicans, there? Can, can we stop there? Because you and I, that was a bone of contention on Tuesday. Yeah. The graph gave us statistically both teams on Tuesday had more fouls than fouls and yeah, assists. Yeah, dude, I I don't even know what to say. I it, it just seems again. And look, I'm not that guy. You know me. I I took a lot of heat after the Nola no call. I'm like, stop. They didn't lose the game because of it. You and I got in arguments over it. I'm like, dude, they blew it in the first quarter. They, like, you and I got into discussions about that. So I'm not that official guy. This week, I'm that official guy. Like, it's ridiculous. It, it legitimately is ridiculous. Tuesday, there were so many whistles. You said it. What did the atmosphere feel like? It was like a church in there. I, I, I didn't think I was at an NBA game. Because you couldn't get into it. Because every five seconds, <whistles> to the line, so-and-so. I mean, it was a joke. And, again, I understand your your status, the old stars, your name. It's going to award you some look-sees. I, I, I get that. But good Christmas, man. I mean, B.I. There were some fouls called against the Pelicans yesterday where maybe they brushed a jersey. Meanwhile, on the other end, they're getting annihilated and there's no calls. I, it just, it's frustrating from a standpoint. The Jose Alvarado, when he fouled one of the Heat players for three, that was a foul. But let's get the same call when Jose Alvarado knocks down a three point shot and he falls to the ground because the player lands underneath him mm-hmm. and he has to get up off the floor after he shoots a three point shot and the ref's right there and he, and he doesn't blow the whistles. I, there was a lot of things that even um, 
you know, Joel Myers and Antonio Daniel were saying, well, hey, that's happening on one side of the floor. Why yeah, you just want it called even. Yeah, I just, look, and again, maybe it's the, well, the Pelicans haven't earned that respect thing in the heat or the heat. Fine. That game is in New Orleans, man. I mean, you know, it's like, can, does that well, even hey, out of it? From, from everything else, besides, I mean, those are my three key takeaways, but you look at, they were still in that game Again, all yeah. the way up till the, the four minute mark in yeah. the fourth quarter. Yeah. And, and that's when they just turned the ball over, what, five times in a row? Yeah. Look, Jimmy Butler's and Jimmy Butler. Of, and yeah, that's the sign reason of, you wanted Kyle Lowry. Yeah. I mean, you just saw it. Um, I want to get, I want to ask you this take. Just, I'm going to get into the top of the hour. I want to get your Super Bowl thing and I only got you for three, four more minutes. So just in 10 seconds, uh, the Zion update. Your take. I'm going to do a lot more in the top of the hour. I don't want. I mean, I don't want to. You know, come off too harsh, but I mean, I just. Uh, I, how do you not know what your what, what your how your top players doing okay. right now? You can stop there because you know, that's you know, Snell, how that's, you know, you know, yeah. Snell, who, or um, your your new players has to have to get uh um have to get surgery the next day. Larry yeah. Nance Jr. Like, like, you know Larry Nance Jr. has to get surgery yeah. tomorrow on, on something, but you don't know if Zion is Stick around for the top of the hour. <laughs> um, so, I went Bengals. Super Bowl 56. I gave you three, if not even four reasons, at the beginning of the show in the opening segment, why I went, right? Who do you like and why? Um, I think we go with everyone else today. I like Ross Jackson's prediction, 27 to 23, but I'm going to say 27, 21 Bengals oh. over the Rams. And the reason why I like, the, I just think the confidence and the momentum. I know the Rams have the same amount. You have to win the same amount of games to get to this position. Sure. But just think about everything the Bengals have gone through. They've been told like, oh, no, this isn't going to happen. The defense that they're going up against is too much for that offensive line. Joe Burrow's confidence and swagger, I think, is going to elevate the whole team, offense and defense-wise, to have them come up on top in the Super Bowl. Unless, I don't want to say, something bad happens to Joe Burrow. Where what, are you do- what, what are you doing? Why would you even speak that into an existence? Why would you do that? Why, why would you do that? Why would you do that? I don't know. If you'd like to uh, tweet your threats at uh, Jordan Kleber, it's at JD Kleber over on Twitter. Feel free to go ahead and do so. It'll give him something to do for the rest of the afternoon. Thank you for basically just ruining that segment. No, I appreciate I didn't. that. You completely ruined it. You just yeah. threw out absolutely terrible juju for no reason. There was no mm-hmm. reason for you to do so. Appreciate the time. Terrible. You know what? You gave us COVID. We gave you a stomach bug. That's, that's, that's the Cat and Gills gift back to you. Thank, Thank you, George. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't a gift that kept on giving too much. Though. It did stop with you. So that's a good thing. Was, that's a good thing. <laughs> it was in and out. Yes, and that out. is very true. Thank you, Jordan. Enjoy the weekend, bud. We'll see you on Monday. All right. See you guys. For sure. Uh, hour one is in the books. Hour two next on ESPN New Orleans. Beautiful.